Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Hi, this is Sam. And this is Luke. We're the hosts of Hanksy Panksy, the podcast you're hopefully about to enjoy. And uh, just wanted to uh, kind of jump in here before the episode started. We uh, we recorded this before really recording anything else or practicing or formulating a plan or a schedule or understanding that we would need to edit this some bitch. So, um, it's a little rough around the edges. Pretty rough. Yeah, j- just hang with us. Um, hang tight, the goofs are good. And, uh... 1984 fresh um <laughs> and uh, and just hang with us we do figure it out the the later ones are, are shorter and uh, and actually organized in a semi-coherent way so uh so just kind of stick with us enjoy the goofs and uh, and enjoy us talking about uh 1984's splash and thanks for listening hi sam hi luke how you doing uh, I'm pretty good. I have just uh, <laughs> taken in an hour and 49 minutes. 49 minutes, man. A, a Tom called Hanks? A Tom called Hanks. Man, this is, uh, this is a way to start, huh? It is. It um, is. yeah. So I just, I just finished, but I know that you finished this earlier. When did you, when did you see, uh, so, Splash Mountain? Uh, I took in Mr. Hanks's product um, maybe about an hour and a half ago. Nice. Uh, well, I finished it an hour and a half ago. Um, but I do, I, I got to tell you just kind of some stuff about kind of how my life is going that sort of got me here. Like as far as the watch or just like g- general, general stuff? Some stuff about the watch, I think. Okay. <laughs> um, so first of all... Um, you know, there's a pandemic. I don't know if you've heard about this. Sure, sure. Um, so I've not been able to get a haircut. My hair's gotten uncomfortably long at this point. I can't locate anything to like, like a ponytail holder or anything like that. And so I've just had to borrow a, a hairband. And I do just look like I want to talk to you about hemp nice. and saving the oceans. And actually, I need to send you a photo because I look very stupid. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll wait for this. So it sounds like you're sort of on your way to a Rusted Root concert, but before that, you decided to kind of take a dive into 1984's... <laughs> I have the photo. Yes, yeah, so, so that's what I'm working with. Uh, the other thing is um, I took some notes on this flick because I, I think you kind of have to. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, I, as you know, I've... I've moved this weekend, and so the house is still being unpacked, and I found just an old notebook of mine packed away in a box, and it is a notebook uh, that's, uh, the first entry is from, 
uh, January 2014. Nice. It is a journal in which I wrote some very nice things, some truly kind things about my now wife. Mm. And now I have filled it with the rantings of a madman about Tom Hanks in 1984's Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain. Hey, can I just say really quick? Yes. Um, this photo you've sent me, I like that this fashion sense is straight out of 1994, let's say, which is still a full 10 years later than yes. uh, sort of what this movie's got going on. Yeah, um, no, it would take some work to match the fashion in this fucking film, Luke, <laughs> because holy shit, did they make some choices back in 1984? Ron Howard. Yeah, I very much director of this movie. I very much want to talk to you about Bloomingdale's. It's Bloomingdale's, right? The old Bloomingdale's. Bloomingdale's. Yes, of course. But Her before first English word. Yeah, before <laughs> which is a great point. But before we get to that, I think we should probably explain, given that this is the first outing, just just what it is that we're doing here. Which I'm. I was. Can I be honest? I was. Uh-huh. I was reconsidering this. Because I woke up this morning and realized I had to watch Splash mm-hmm. and sort of had my questions about this project. But now having done it, I am so committed to this concept. I feel I feel really good about it. I think this is going to be this is oh. going to be fun. Oh, yeah. So so I've gone on a bit of a journey with it because this morning I was like, hell yeah. OK. And then maybe 30 minutes before I started this film, I went, "Ooh, mm-hmm. I really don't know about this. Mm-hmm. And then I started it. And I went, no, 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 this is good. <laughs> and then maybe midpoint of the film, I said, Ugh, I, mm, yeah, that mm, turn. I, it turns. It turns but, really hard. But Luke, the ending, and mm. I know we'll get to it. Yeah. But the ending of this fucking film. Anyway, so this project. Yeah, uh, I, I dig this. I like that as the stinger, the tease that we'll, yes, we'll get yes. to the Buckwild ending. But first, we need a beginning. So, yeah, do you want to explain? Sure. So this is uh, Hanksy Panksy, uh, a project in which uh, Luke and I watch every Tom Hanks film that he has been in ever. In perpetuity, I think, from, from, from yeah. way back when all the way to... You know, whatever comes next. Yeah, we stop when he stops. We do. Um, well, well, for better yeah. or worse. I figure we'll stop when there are no more Tom Hanks movies, but sure. there will there will be more after that. I assume oh. at some point. Oh, I think I think there there's a lot of a lot of wheat to thresh. Yeah. In this one. Yeah. So we started with Splash. Uh, <laughs> 1984's Splash. <laughs> Which I have I have some factoids about this that I just wanted to share with you really quick. Okay, yes. So I want to take you back, and it's 1984 now. Okay. So just, just sort of close your eyes and then imagine that uh, that's happening. It's 1984. People are driving very, very boxy cars. The hair is mm-hmm. big. Everything's yep. sequined. Hearts on the radio. Oh, Luke, I'm there. Oh, yeah, baby. So I just want to mention really quick that I was I, I had a suspicion and it turns out to be true. This is in fact the very first Touchstone Pictures picture. Now does that you mean anything to you? Almost not at all. Okay. So <laughs> for for the attuned listener, you you will recognize the duo of Brian Glazer and uh, Ron Howard as seen mm, yeah. in uh, most most famously in Arrested Development, but they were sort of the the driving force behind touchstone pictures and this is their very first movie uh turns out it was a big hit which is pretty crazy for a lot of reasons that we'll get into boy people were really i think starved for quality programming because if this was a hit yeah 
Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about what other stuff was happening uh, sort of in, in the world of film at the time in 1984. But I figure we'll, we'll dive into the meat of this before then. Yeah. Um, and we'll just kind of give it a context afterwards. But yeah, as far as first outings between a legendary filmmaking duo, I want to name more movies they've done, but I, I, I can't. I just know they've done a lot of them. I could Wikipedia it, but that's not. Yeah, it's not great audio. No, you. There's nothing there. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, um, can I can I actually read you the description that um, was given um, on uh, the Mouse's own streaming service, Disney Plus? Yeah, and also this is worth noting because you you managed to get this. This was a Disney picture. Or it is Touchstone is a subsidiary of Disney, so that makes is more it? sense that you got it through the Disney, the Disney hose, right? Through the mouse hose. Uh, I did pay, I believe it was three American dollars to see this through Ooh. Google Play Store. Arguably three too many. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. But I, I want to hear this description. Well, and I think I think we might have some differences in our watch mm. because this clocked in at an hour and forty nine minutes, and mm. I believe you quoted me earlier. Uh, uh, a time to me earlier and it was an hour and 51 minutes mm. so i don't know what old mickey's doing with uh three of the minutes of this film so so um mr mouse did write uh that the description of this movie is tom hank stars as a workaholic who's convinced he can't fall in love until he's mysteriously rescued at sea by the mermaid of his dreams and luke that is both not even remotely helpful and also buck wild on its own yeah it's a lot i mean an interesting point of this movie is that despite his sort of later freak out we should do this in order but he does seem to kind of have a thing a a mermaid a bit of a mermaid fetish so i don't take umbrage with the the statement that this is the mermaid of his dreams right yeah no i think only a mermaid could be the uh the person of his dreams yeah but but yeah let's let's roll it back to um 1964 Mm, where this yeah. movie begins we do get this this 20 year yeah 20 yes. year precursor and uh this is relevant because i took my notes in google docs as i went along okay. and uh it, it auto saved the first line as the name of this file and sam the name of this this file is now john candy is a pervert child <laughs> yes okay thank you yeah because <laughs> one of my first notes um was 20 years before the saddest boat party with a young pervert. Yeah. Man, um, it's just, you don't... It's, uh, it's a bad look. Uh, the movie does start with a young child uh, throwing coins down, picking them up, and then using that as an opportunity to look up women's dresses. Yeah. And frankly, uh, this sort of begins uh, a, uh, like a theme throughout this movie of... Mm-hmm horrible horrible men yeah and uh and and frankly and and i did note this down later uh this flick uh paints men as just accurately horrible (laughs) i was gonna say yeah there's a lot of accurate representation here but man you know you just expect you expect some level of cultural dissonance between sort of our 2020 reality but Man, 1984 just came gunning out of the gate with this one, huh? It really did, because they were like, oh, yeah, no, you can just be a young pervert, and the only thing you'll get is kind of a smack in the back of the head, and that's kind of it. Yeah. You'll just be this sort of 
lovable pervert. Lovable, pretty, pretty criminally perverted. You know, oh, I mean, yes. this is <laughs> it's a lot to set up and uh, to advance the plot somewhat quickly so we can get to this this continuity we see. There's a boat party. Tom Hanks falls in the water. He and, is an emotionless child. Yes. Uh, uh, who's playing uh, a young Alan Bauer. Yeah. Child, uh, child actors, man. It's uh, that's a hard direction to take, too. Right. Like, mm, yeah. What's going on? Well, we didn't write this part of the script. We don't super know what your deal is as a child. <laughs> so get in the water. Um <laughs> So, so he falls in the water. He has um, a strange encounter with a strange woman with blonde hair. Well, girl, I guess. And uh, and then he's saved from the water, and it's 20 years later, and he runs a produce market? Yeah. the I was going to ask you about this, because the feeling I get is that their father, shortly afterward, because John Candy, what is his name, Frankie? Freddie. Freddie. Freddie mentions that he was there with his dad when they started this. So in my head, I'm just sort of seeing a... Oh. Uh, a uh, Like a father-son. Yeah, who's the E Street Band dude? I feel like an idiot. Oh, I couldn't tell Springsteen. You. In my head, it's a Springsteen <laughs> song where they have, you know, hard-rocked their way into a, a produce stand. Mm, um, yeah. And then he dies sometime before the movie. Tom five Hanks years. is now... Five years, thank you. Tom Hanks is now running said industry and uh freddie is sort of how would you describe john candy's character uh, in this film again other than criminally perverted yeah kind of a fucking loser but in like a weird 80s cool way yeah oh he is isn't he he's kind of the like room poster version of cool <laughs> in 1980s terms because he drives a fancy car he's got insane outfits yeah, and they're all like, and they're insane in that like this is like high eighties fashion way. Uh, yeah, but but yeah, he's definitely not like hurting for money though. He does ask Tom Hanks for money at one point. That's a good point. He asks him for money several times during this film, and yeah. yet he was written up in Penthouse, which I do have a question about. Yeah, so that was that was a thing that yes. they got a Penthouse interview. Yes. Uh, so, was the front of the magazine blurred out in your version? You know, it was, and I did notice okay. this, and I was, it, it's confusing because from what you can tell through the blurred aspects of it, not that I stopped the tape and really perused this, I didn't. I mean, we all know what you did, Luke, but yeah. continue. Yeah, not that I, you know, I, I may have analyzed the text a little bit, <laughs> but she does seem just to be sort of in a swimsuit, I believe, which is a... Totally different bar than we're cutting sort of with the rest of this right, movie's disproportionately yeah. female-focused nudity. Yeah, it did seem odd that they were like, whoa, we can do all this other stuff. And Mickey especially was like, no, we can do nipples, that's fine. Yeah. Um, Maybe maybe blur that magazine out, though, that yeah. has no nudity on it. Well, he's just reading it for the articles anyway. Sure. So that's all fine. I did want to point out that it, sort of after that scene, we get we get the scene of them all at somebody's wedding who we will never see again never again and he he performs the same trick uh sir john candy he does john candy adult pervert who is again criminally perverted does throw down coins to look up a woman's skirt in public 
Yeah. Outside a church, wasn't it? That's a great point. This is sort of at a place of worship, or at least very, very approximate to it. Yeah. An, an adult man. And, like, we all know John Candy. He's not a small, inconspicuous man. Yeah. You know John Candy a mile away. Mm-hmm. And so for, for him to just be peeping up skirts in public, Jesus Christ. Ron Howard, what have you done? Yeah, it's a it's a weird look. I tell you, this is all worth it. It's worth noting. This is all in the first 10 minutes of this film as well. This is all Pretty much yeah. because we there's a thing in, in screenwriting that sort of like I was taught it as the major dramatic question gets asked around about the 10 minute mark. So like, what's the thing that's going to be solved by the climactic moment of this movie? And so mm-hmm. we should we should mention that it is in this case, it is, I guess, whether or not Tom Hanks of title of podcast will find love because he gets dumped right before this right or over the phone he finds out that his girlfriend has moved out and he can't say love like that he loves her so it's interesting that you put it that way because i read it as can alan bauer um and by extension tom hanks feel human love Mm. Mm. because that's kind of more of the thing is not that can he fall in love it's that he says on more than one occasion I can't feel love. Right. And I would argue if that's the question that he, in fact, does not find human love by the end of this film, because that's a thing. You know, yeah, you you make a compelling point. Yeah. Um. Let, let's see here. Let's try to get back on track with the plot. Yeah. So, do, do you want to just blast through the plot for this really quick? We'll just sort of. Real quick. Yeah. yeah. Alan Bauer, uh, Tom Hanks, is uh, working in this market. His girlfriend breaks up with him. He can't feel human love uh, and, frankly, any other human emotions. Yeah. And he does just leave. He gets drunk after this wedding. He takes a cab to um, to from New York City to Cape Cod and then just sort of takes a boat out because uh, Cape Cod is where he fell into the water and saw the mysterious girl uh, 20 years prior. Yeah. And, um, and he does... He does... Uh, see daryl hannah um and and they're like immediately romantic with each other i mean don't they start macking just right off the bat yeah i have a note for it but i i don't remember where it is so basically everybody's extremely horny in this movie what a horny movie it's a very horny movie because holy shit i believe their conversation essentially goes hi she's naked she sort of shimmies out of a bush which is cool Mm -hmm. He and, asks if she speaks English. A funny question to ask in Cape Cod because, yeah, everyone does. <laughs> it's Cape Cod. It's I only thought, white people. I thought you were about to take a very serious swipe at the, the Cape accent there, but we, we did dodge it. Nope, nope. Just going to make fun of how waspy Cape Cod is. That's very true. Yeah, so we ask her if she speaks English, and then is essentially, does she kiss him? I can't remember if she kisses him at I that point. I think she kisses him. She just does. Right there. Yeah, she does, and very... Not like a peck. She she goes in for it. Oh, yeah. Like tongue. Yeah. Which, Which is an interesting way to start kissing someone. Yeah. Well, especially in their given their situation. But then the wilder mm-hmm. thing is that after that, so she runs back into the ocean. He gets back to New York somehow. This is after taking a cab yeah. to Cape Cod all the way, which was one of my laughs. I had a couple of really solid laughs. Oh, man. I, I So the movie's terrible. I think we can establish that. <laughs> I, it's it's funny, not in any way that I think the movie wanted it to be funny. 
but I it's think, funny. I think there were some moments where they intended it to be. One of those oh, was sure. the cab when he gets in the cab and says, take me to Cape Cod. And the driver says, do you have the cash? And he goes, what is this? And holds up. Just what his, looks like maybe $17. Yeah. Yes. And then he goes, sure. And slams on the gas. Which was fucking amazing. I don't remember <laughs> exactly what the exchange rate is, but it does look to be about maybe $7.30 total. And that gets him all the way to oh, Cape yeah. Cod from I Min- did mean to look up how much it costs to, to take a cab from New York City to Cape mm. Cod. More um, than that, I would assume. Yeah, I can tell you it's more than what you can hold between like three sweaty fingers. The, the other thing about that is that right before then, his brother has offered to take him to Rio with these two women. And he says the classic line, Cape Cod over Rio, which I would argue, yeah, that, yeah. that makes some sense. <laughs> so so he gets back. Um, and then uh, let's see. Basically, uh, Daryl Hannah, the, the mermaid in question, does just show up in New York City. Yes. Um, after finding uh, Tom Hanks's wallet. Yeah. And then uh, she she gets arrested for being nude on uh, Liberty Island. No, yep. is it Liberty Island that has the Statue of Liberty? Yes, Beats me, that, man. That would make sense. And uh, yeah, so she gets arrested. They somehow call Tom Hanks. He shows up, and they're like, "What's her name?" And he goes, "Oh." And then uh, and then he takes her home, where they just like pound it out. Hmm. Yeah. Uh I we're led to believe at one point that their their supreme fucking stops an elevator like between yeah. floors. And he does say the the a genuinely pretty funny line too of I have to go to work if we keep going you'll put me in hospital which is yeah. pretty good. I I assumed for for a priapism but I don't know. <laughs> or dehydration. Um, I get sure, some bananas either, up in really. there. Yeah, uh, you did miss one tiny part of that, which is that oh, the, the reason that they call him is because she has his wallet. Yeah, he but dropped then, his wallet in the ocean in Cape Cod. But it's just occurring to me that sort of the way she washed up this time, I don't quite know where the wallet came from now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, she was not holding it. Yeah. Um, moving on. Well, hang on. So, Sorry, I have oh. one more thing to say about this, which is that hers is the only level of horniness in this movie that I genuinely appreciate because taking it from her perspective, she was so invested in boning down on this young, young, young Tom Hanks. Baby-faced Baby-faced Tom Hanks. Hanks, That she took the initiative to pull out a map, check his address, decide to leave her environment, presumably for the first time, Um, which is the thing about this movie. She's very good with legs. Yes. For a mermaid. Uncomfortably good with legs, I would say. Yeah, she's quite skilled. Um, And then to travel all the way to New York from Cape Cod, which does get cold. And later she says the thing about how is this what happens to water when it gets cold? So there's... Yeah. So I've got some questions about the movie's treatment of water vis-a-vis Daryl Hannah, uh, who later decides that her name is Madison... Uh, because Tom Hanks says Madison Avenue. And then Tom Hanks takes a, frankly, very strange position by saying Madison's not a name. I did write that down as a note. I did too. Yeah, that's... Uh, along with the fuck, Tom? <laughs> Madison is a name. We've all agreed that Madison is a name. 
Yeah, uh, it's pretty wild. It's a wild statement. And genuinely, I don't understand how it made it into the script, given that humans wrote it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but but she does later take a hot bath. Mm. And the ocean shouldn't be getting that hot. Yeah, it's quite it's warm. it's a steaming hot bath. It's also hilarious because the moment where she washes up on the beach with him, or she's she's comfortable, he's washed up and very mm-hmm. very reminiscent of Castaway, if I'm honest. It was pretty funny. Plus the boat scene before that where he's, you know, he's going to the island and that's why he was stranded. Yes. Uh was quite funny, sort of from a, a saving private Ryan kind of perspective. There was a lot of just a lot of Venn diagram pieces involved here. Oh yeah. Um I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, Cape Cod. Looks a lot like Antigua, is what I will say. <laughs> I don't quite remember there being coral or a tropical fish, sort of roundabouts the the Massachusetts area. But I think a they lot imported of them. them. You think they what? Imported them. Oh yeah. Yeah, they brought them in for the locals. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was that was a hell of a fish fry. After that, <laughs> yeah. So we we jump ahead. It kind of turns into George in the Jungle at a certain point, doesn't it? It does. It's just sort of, there's a, a lengthy scene of her going to the mall and just kind of hanging out and then being uh, kind of forced into purchasing a lot of clothing and encouraged to purchase some lingerie by a very pushy uh, saleswoman. Yes. Um, who I adored. I thought she was great in the uh, maybe 25 seconds that she was on screen. I I think the bit players really carry this movie because oh, I Oh, they really do. I wrote down several times like there's a the capsi the capsi the taxi driver really taxi got my go. Taxi driver was great. Um I I did note down uh Fat Jack, the guy mm. who drives the boat that 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 Tom Hanks rides in uh when he's in Cape Cod. Yes. Uh and and actually I did notice it did get corrected to Mr. Fat Jack. And <laughs> I loved how proper that was. Yes. I mean, it is his formal title. Yes. Mr. F- Who then jumps out of the boat with Tom Hanks and just swims away. Yeah. I like what this says about him. I feel like he's very confident with his body and his, yeah. you know, has a high level of self-confidence to, to be portrayed solely as Mr. Fat Jack. But then at yeah. a moment's notice... Given a lot of other alternatives to sort of jump into the bay and decide to swim several miles back, that that tells yeah, you what kind of man. Fucking own it, man. Yeah, he he's out here, and I, I see him. So so yeah, we do kind of a George in the Jungle bit, um, where really, quite honestly, the movie just spins its wheels for a good long while. That's you know, in trying to recap this, it has occurred to me that for probably an hour of this film, it's it's her learning English through TV. Yeah, which is which, fun. Which uh, I I just need to note uh, starts like pretty disjointed where she'll clearly quote movies or mm-hmm. commercials and then immediately is just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we never really return to that. Kind of the same for a lot of things. I did make a note that I have as a human being with a lot of experience with with bathtubs, I have failed to operate a bathtub in different countries Meanwhile, this woman who has presumably never seen a bathtub before yeah. pretty pretty flawlessly draws a bath, and I was very impressed by that. The 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 aptitude with which she has adapted to this surface world, yeah. despite ostensibly never visiting it, is pretty wild. Yeah. Is um, this a thing? I mean, Ariel does the same, right? In in the uh, Little you know, Mermaid. She, 
She fucking does. Yeah. Well, she did have a giant sort of cachet of uh, of knowledge from her, her underwater did. treasures and stuff. But we, that wouldn't... You wouldn't know human customs just from that. That's a good point, because as stated, I do know how bathtubs work, and yet that did not prevent me from spending 30 minutes trying to draw a bath in Germany. So, oh, hey, those European bathtubs are challenging. Yeah, they're pretty wild. So if we're using that, if we're using that as our baseline, I would have expected, you know, because that's the thing. It's storage of the jungle, but without committing to it. So it just feels kind of weird in what she weird and inconsistent in what she does and does not know. Yeah. And the time scale. Can we talk about I can't I don't know how long this movie takes place over the, the amount of time. Yeah, that they know each other is completely undefined i think it's a week i think it's well she says she has to return so this is this is this entire section of the movie and we aren't skipping Mm -hmm. it is she gets out of the water uh he goes to the police office or sorry to the the police station to pick her up they fuck like rabbits they they legitimately fuck like rabbits including he notes later on top of the refrigerator i also noted that (laughs) which cool was my joke impressive yeah that's why it's in all caps and with uh, several exclamation points in my notes yeah so they, they they go back they immediately start having sex which bravo that's why she went right do that's it man the, that's fair get get, get yours but then yeah the rest of it is is literally like she has seven days before she has to return or she can't mm-hmm. ever return which is never fully explained yeah yeah i wasn't super clear on that uh, the mythos surrounding her um, is pretty, pretty thin. I it's, think. Yeah, it's not well thought out. That's for sure. And that's uh, but, that's it. They go on like a series of dates, mm-hmm. uh, and and then they go to a dinner with the president, who I was upset to find out was not actually the real president at the time, but just some fucking guy who kind of looked like Leslie Nielsen's uh, stunt double. Yeah, I did I did want to take a stab at this because I don't exactly remember who was president, so can I take a wild guess and you can just confirm it? Oh, I I, I have two guesses, uh, but yeah, go for it. Okay, I'm pretty sure it was Reagan, right? It would have been Reagan or Bush, surely. Oh, I think it was Reagan. I am going to Google this really quick because yeah, there are... I'm doing it too. They make a point to show you that there are picketers outside picketing some unspecified sort of human rights related issue so who was president in 1984 ronald reagan the gipper hell yeah man i mean fuck him yeah not hell yeah but we were correct and that's what matters so yeah they did choose not to have the gipper in this one and instead just used uh some old white man with white hair which i mean you're close enough i did like that that was the stand-in was basically any old pretty well-to-do white guy will do yeah. just just get anybody exactly. anybody in here so yeah at that point well you know we might have to roll it back to talk about eugene levy's doctor is it walter cornbluth cornbluth yeah and i did this i haven't done this on purpose because sam he 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 wins my award oh this, this time is, around he is the fucking golden child of this goddamn movie he is because not only is Dr. Warren, uh, or is it Walter, I, I will never remember, <laughs> Cornbluth, fucking hilarious. He is also, uh, I think, a cocaine fiend. 
Mm. See, this is an angle I didn't pick up on, and I would love to hear you talk more about oh, this. Luke, he is jumpy. He is paranoid. He's wildly energetic. I noticed he did some stuff with his mouth, kind of sucking on his gums. Oh. And so, you know, there's something there, I think. And uh, he seems to just not feel pain, I assume, because there is so much cocaine in his system mm. that he can't. Yeah, this is an interesting take because I think it's more that the the movie can't quite de- can't quite decide whether to be slapstick or a drama or a romance. But I like instead your theory that it's just piles and piles and piles of cocaine. Oh yeah, from the moment I saw him, uh, I believe I wrote down, uh, yeah, Doctor Cornbluth is a coke fiend, <laughs> and then later I said, why does Doctor Cornbluth? cocaine fiend need an air hose if he has an oxygen tank as he was diving which i actually still have some questions about yeah there's the the grasp on diving from someone like ron howard who i believe is actually quite a dive master if i if i remember correctly i could just die i think he does i could be totally lying and in which case i like the idea that i've just started the rumor that ron howard dives yeah sure let's do it ron howard is is a is a self-professed Diver. He's down there, man. Every weekend. Uh, that just, dude. Just getting all in there. I'm putting some stink on it. He's out there so, in Monterey. He's looking for turtles. Yeah. Just getting nasty with that diving. Mm-hmm. So we, we should explain the doctor really quick. So he's... Yeah. So Dr. Kornbluth is a secretive paranoid uh, scientist who Tom Hanks happens upon uh, on one of the fine beaches in Cape Cod uh, as he's unloading crates of equipment with uh, two frankly genuinely funny morons yes um again who, the bit players helping him the bit oh, players they're great um and uh and he's diving out there looking for something and he does spot daryl hannah um as as she swims away from tom hanks and uh and he makes it his mission to prove that uh mermaids exist yep uh and and so Kind of throughout the film, we get little vignettes of uh, Dr. Cornbluth trying to reveal that uh, Daryl Hannah is, in fact, a mermaid. And, and they're so good. My, I think my favorite of his schemes, because his whole idea was get her wet and her legs will turn into a tail. Yes. Which, honestly, is a level of knowledge that I find just sort of impressive, because that's a logical jump. Well, I did make a note, I don't know if you saw this, but when he's talking to his mentor, I guess, although he's quite mm-hmm. old for a sort of, let's say, like a doctoral yes. candidate, he's uh-huh. maybe it's just taken him a long time to find funding hey, for his look, mermaid-based research. The cocaine makes you do a lot of work, but necessarily not necessarily well. This is true. Quality is an issue. Um, mm-hmm. Get a good editor. Yeah, so he... <laughs> is talking to his mentor and he says something to the effect of yeah you get her you get a mermaid wet and they will have a tail or they have legs outside of it you taught me this <laughs> that's right that Which is, is absolutely right and then the guy says something to the effect of hey that was just a joke <laughs> which what yeah, like we were just goofing man <laughs> <laughs> you know, like all it's worth noting too that this is in the uh in the American Museum of Natural History, the very same as mm-hmm. uh Ben Stiller's Night at the Museum vehicle. All of this yes. research and uh, apparently, you know, collegiate activity is taking place in this in this institution. Yes. So so um after being thoroughly embarrassed 
um, at the Museum of Natural History after all these um, big wigs in the scientific community uh, laugh Dr. Cornbluth out of the room. He decides, I will prove that Daryl Hannah is a mermaid because I will get her wet. Yeah. Um, a sentence I don't love hearing yeah, coming the, out of my oof. my lips. Yeah, but, man. It's challenging. Uh, my favorite is he just is waiting in a car with two full buckets of water and then runs down a busy New York sidewalk. Yes. Chasing after Daryl Hannah and, and Tom Hanks with these very full buckets of water and a camera uh, around his neck. And he's just running, splashing water everywhere. And then they stop, and you just see their backs. And and uh, Dr. Cornbluth throws one pail of water on her, hits, then picks up the other one and throws it for reasons, and then starts taking photos of her legs like a pervert. Yes. Only to find that's not Daryl Hannah, that's just a different woman in the same dress. And uh, and then the man uh, viciously assaults Dr. Cornbluth. Yes. Breaking his arm, I think he later says, in 16 places? Yeah, it's just a fracture, he does specify. But it, uh, is, uh, it is 16 places, which, you know, at that point, I feel like you're splitting hairs. Yeah, you really got your arm fucked up. Yeah, and then later uh, we see them, he's, in, he's trying to pull the same exact maneuver in Tom Hanks' building. Yeah, infiltrates his building and gets, like, a maintenance uniform for Tom Hanks' building, which, again, is a level of coordination and uh, and and uh, just sneakiness that really distresses me. Yeah, he's, and then later we see him as a waiter as well. So I yes. don't, I, I don't know so, what so the job market. So we need to talk market... about the waiter bit. Yeah, but but first. Um, so, so in Tom Hanks's building, he, he gets a water hose and aims it right at the elevator doors, uh, that you've seen Tom and Daryl Hannah, uh, walk into and the doors open up. Eugene, uh, just sprays wildly in there and it is actually the same couple that he threw water on before. And the man does again, viciously assault, uh, Eugene Levy. Yeah. Uh, and then his third his third uh sort of idea is uh that he's going to take this weird water gun contraption where it's like a, a little water gun attached by a hose to two water tanks sure that just look like bombs can we establish that they just look exactly like two bombs yeah it's a classic man it's the it's the suitcase bomb attached to a super soaker trick yes yeah. Uh, that he wears around his back over uh under uh, a waiter's sport coat. Yes. Um with this gigantic comical uh arm cast and he goes walking around at this presidential dinner. Yes. And I do have a lot of questions how he got vetted to work as a waiter mm-hmm. at a location where the president is going to be and also made it in with what is essentially a bomb. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes to spray Daryl Hannah, and he is found uh, and tackled and arrested by the Secret Service. Yeah. And then we come to my favorite moment in the film. Oh, is this really uh, it? Come, is this your I think favorite? It is, Luke. Oh, this damn. Is it. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, let me prepare myself really quick. Okay. So, so we've come full circle okay, now. I'm, in not, our description. I'm, not, I'm not there yet. Oh, I'm sorry. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I'm ready. You're ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So, so we've come full circle in our description of the movie. Tom Hanks, Daryl Hannah, they're at the presidential dinner. 
Um, Tom has, uh, did he propose at the dinner? Yes, no. that is, sorry, yes. that is the one salient plot point during this entire George of the Jungle-esque bit is that he does decide he loves her and decides to propose to her. her. Yeah, Though he does sort of decide to marry her because he thinks she's an immigrant and that she can stay in the United States after her week. Yes. Um, like every but, immigrant, she shows up and has no trouble learning our fucking terrible language, manages mm-hmm. it in an afternoon, no hint of an accent, no, right. no other legal problems facing None her with whatsoever. this immigration after washing up uh, in New York, literally, yeah, yeah, and no, no job either. Yeah, uh, seemingly no need for for money. Um, but uh, so so they they leave the dinner, and uh, because they have agreed to get married that night. Yes, and at that point, uh, Doctor Cornbluth is getting arrested, and uh, by the Secret Service, and he's being pushed into a car, and he sees Daryl Hannah. And somehow he's still able to get to his water gun yep. while he's detained by uh, Secret Service. And he fires it just all over. I mean, it is a, it's a truly gratuitous amount of water that he sprays on this woman. Yeah. And it, the scene goes in slow-mo. There are cameras clicking. Uh, at one point, I did notice that a Secret Service agent does have a gun just up to Eugene Levy's face. Uh, as he's spraying this, but they don't really take much action uh, aside from that. And then, uh, and then you know, it's cutting around. You see Tom Hanks's face as he's kind of pushed into the background as as all these reporters are crowding. And uh, and then it cuts to, oh, Luke, it's just wonderful. It's just Daryl Hannah in a dress on the ground, but with this fucking ridiculous tail just flap <laughs> flapping on the sidewalk and i adored it oh it's so good yeah oh yeah it's, it's just great t- the tail we should talk about the tail let's talk oh. about tail sam sure let's talk about the tail let's talk about tail so the tail is i you know i meant to look this up beforehand because i am curious if it's i want to know if it's good for the age or if it's okay but from 2020s vantage point man does it look bad it looks like oh it's so bad which is really kind of horrifying because i know that this is a thing on etsy you can go get really beautifully sewn custom mermaid tails if that's something you're into Mm -hmm. this is not that it is essentially one of those like talking bass that you hang on a wall holy shit luke i yes yes but times 10 100 percent Times ten, and it's it's literally just strapped around her waist. Did you see the strap? Did you notice this at any point? Yes, I did. Yeah, they did not try to hide it even a little bit. You know, they it's it was the first outing. They saved on makeup, and they they banked sixty eight million or something for this film. And well, you know, that's I where you get it. Wonder, maybe that's why they had all the nudity. They said, you know, if we make her nude, mm. they won't see the 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 harness that she's strapped into for the stupid fucking garbage tail. That that was the precursor to the big mouth Billy Bass. You know, this is this is the the business acumen that Touchstone and Glazer and Howard bring to the the film industry, where they will they will cut corners on things like costume. They'll get Bloomingdale's to sponsor the rest of the wardrobe. And hey, you've mm-hmm. just saved, you know, yeah. several million right there. Yeah, of, you don't uh, need that of the mouse's money. Yeah. So um, so at this point. 
the movie takes a very interesting turn um, where Daryl Hannah, Dr. Kornbluth, and uh, Tom Hanks are whisked away by the Secret Service to what seems to be a CIA black site. Yeah, although it's pretty heavily implied because later when they, well, we'll get there. I won't spoil the the magical plot, but it's pretty heavily implied to be the same uh, Museum of Natural History in New York. Oh, yeah, no, Luke, they, it's the Museum of Natural History. Yeah. They just have a CIA black site in it. Right. You know, which actually does kind of make a lot of sense for Night at the Museum. I hey, mean, would you be all that shocked to find out that there's a CIA black site in the middle of New York City? Yeah, I, w- I would I not. Wouldn't. I would not, especially not one radioactive enough to, to bring a stuffed Teddy Roosevelt pack to life many, many there decades later. Um, yeah. So Tom Tom did get his dick out for this. I I want that known. See, I missed is, this, which is funny well, because it sounds like you had a more conservative cut overall. You don't see his dick, mm. okay? But it is clear that oh. Tom Hanks did have to get naked. Yes, never mind. Because he's in the the tank and he is holding his package. I did. I do remember this now. Can I say, mm? young Tom Hanks? Yeah, he, uh, right. he can get it. Yeah, he can get he's it. A little, little skinny for my taste, but. But no, he's fine. Yeah. He's got, see, Tom Hanks, we think of him today, right? As this like award-winning national treasure who's just sort of like a dad figure. It's mm-hmm. it's almost disconcerting to see him with this- A boy body? A boy and sort of a cut figure as well. Like for the 80s, he's got- Yeah. He's got some abs. He's got some, some, good, some good bicep definition going on. Yeah, I don't. I don't like seeing it. I, I think, can tell you that much. Can I plant a flag in this? Go for I, it. I want to see how long it takes before we sort of hit modern Hanks. Re Ooh. how he's... Because, you know, he's he's not the type of guy like a, a Christian Bale who will go lose or gain several, right. several numbers of pounds. And we, we I assume we'll see sort of a gradient to the current, I would argue, still, you know, the, the ultimate hanks the ultimate hanks yeah tom so, hanks's final form yes the final evolution of the hanks because i feel like this is it is it is borderline disconcerting especially when he's floating in a tank with his with his dick and balls in his hand yeah yeah, yeah. um so so let's see uh so the cia is ostensibly trying to figure out is tom hanks also uh, a mermaid so they do keep him in a tank uh of a water tank for 12 hours yeah and then they just release him they yeah. just they just toss him back at his apartment building where he's then ambushed by reporters who do ask a lot of questions about how he fucked the the mermaid they do i forget how they phrased it because i feel like there is no other way to phrase that other than hey did you fuck a fish yeah hey did you fuck the fish did you fuck and a fish on that note i i noticed after he found out that she was a mermaid Tom did call her a fish, and I did want to ask you, is that racism? I think it is. And I will be I will be very clear about this. I believe that it is it 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 shows a level of heartlessness that they are they're in this tank together. She sort of tries to move towards him. This is obviously the worst thing that's ever happened to her in her life. She's surrounded by CIA people that ostensibly want to perform an autopsy on her it's really difficult she goes to sort of get some comfort 
like a normal human. Uh, and Tom Hanks's reaction is to sort of violently slap the water, and it's all yeah. downhill from there. Holy it's all shit. yeah, no, he's just like, no, get the fuck away. Yeah, it's uh, which is a direct contrast to the fact that this woman he goes to get her at the beginning of the movie from a police station, and then borderline mm-hmm. immediately they're just fucking like animals. It even says that they did it in the car on the elevator on top of the refrigerator. So that means they fucked on the way back from the police station. Yeah. It's it's hard to parse. Mm-hmm. It's hard to parse. And the, the sort of very cruel turn that he takes for roughly 10 minutes of this movie. Sure. And uh, I also want it to be said not the last instance of racism in this flick because there's normal human racism. Oh. Uh, just as abhorrent. Oh. In fact, more so. But there is some racism that we'll get to. Okay. Um, so, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not eager for this, but I am here no. for it. Uh, so, uh, they d- so Dr. Kornbluth is, is helping the scientist with, I guess, the CIA yeah. trying to um, study Daryl Hannah. And uh, he feels bad because her 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 health is clearly deteriorating. Her yeah. nasty ass uh, mermaid tail gets worse and kind of starts peeling. That was real rough to look at. Yeah, she essentially gets the ick. It looks like yeah, she does. She gets some serious ick. Yeah, I guess they were not cleaning her tank, despite you know monitoring all her vitals. Well, they do imply that they kind of want her dead sooner than oh, later. Yeah. No, so, the doctor does say, I can't wait to look at her pulmonary system. Yeah, and her reproductive organs. I feel like it's sort of the same situation as when you're a parent and you've purchased, say, a goldfish for your kid, and mm-hmm. then your child doesn't totally take to Mr. Wiggles, and <laughs> you don't want to not take care of Mr. Wiggles, because Mr. Wiggles is an animal that needs to be taken care of, but also, you know. You got other things to do with your day. Yeah, man. I think <laughs> I think that's sort of the tech. They were taking with this zoological right. marvel. So, uh, so, Doctor. Well, no. Tom Hanks somehow tracks down Doctor Cornbluth. Yeah. Um, attacks him at a dentist's office, which is I'm just now parsing a wild place for them to meet yes. up again. And f- and the dentist just is like, yeah, sure, I'll leave. Yeah. Hurt hurt this patient. Yeah. Um. Who also was about to have a dental procedure specifically requesting no painkillers. Yeah. Um, Again, I assume because he's so numb from the cocaine. Yeah, or, you know, I sort of took it as a a chance to not yuck a yum. Maybe this is maybe this is oh, his thing. Oh, okay. Yes. I don't, I don't know if the dentist... It could be that. I don't know if the dentist specifically is, is part of it, could be part well, of it. You know, he had a bit of a German accent. He did, which, yeah. That's not good. Yeah, the image of a German standing over Eugene Levy just Ooh, about to good. tear about into his to mouth. inflict pain on him with weird uh, implements is not, it it's was, not good. It was difficult. I did note it. <laughs> I did so, make a note. <laughs> so apparently uh, Dr. Kornbluth agrees to help Tom Hanks and his pervert brother into the CIA black site to save uh, Daryl Hannah. Yeah. And they decide that the best way to do that is to claim that uh, Tom Hanks and John Candy are Swedish scientists who are flying in that day. Yeah. And um, that was a whole scene where one of the guards uh, in front of the the CIA black site does just happen to know Swedish. Yeah. 
and, uh, and asks them how their trip was. And then uh, John Candy replies, also in Swedish, that he has a 12-inch dick. And then that guard goes, okay, come on in. Yeah. Which is typical Swedes, right? Typical you know, Swedes. Always talking about their dick. I can say that the the Swedish in this film mm-hmm. was, o- was okay. It was okay. Okay. It was I'll all right. It. Yeah, it was all now, right. It's right after that scene that yeah. we have the next racism. Okay. See, this I may have missed, and I'm kind of surprised, okay. so I'm eager so to hear about it. So come up to another guard who uh, is like, oh, who the fuck are these cats? I did not miss and this. And he says, oh, they're the Swedish scientists. And he goes, you sure? They're kind of dark, which also, interesting statement for Tom Hanks and John Candy, two pale-ass white boys. Yeah. But, um, and then Eugene Levy's Dr. Walter Warren Cornbluth does say <laughs> they're dirty from the trip. Yeah, which is... Ugh, disgusting. It was, it was... See, I think that's why I didn't... It's obviously racist, but I feel like I didn't tick it, tick the box that says totally, totally fucking racist because it just doesn't make any sense. It makes almost no sense, but it is clearly racist. Yeah, which I don't have a word for that, but I feel like there's probably a very long German word for when it's clearly racist but doesn't quite compute with the scenario because he does say, I think he specifically says, that one looks a little dark, talking about Tom Hanks. Yes. Which is... Yeah, he does single out Tom Hanks and says, that one looks a little dark. Yeah. It does, again, it makes you wonder who or what wrote the script because sometimes it's sort of out of left field. Yeah. Uh, so then they do they do save Daryl Hannah and then we get a an extended car chase. Yeah, can I... Yeah, let's, let's, let's knock out the plot and then I want to talk about how we could fix this, fix this flick. Yeah, so so there's an extended car chase that like isn't good even a little bit yeah. and goes on way too long. At which point they stop uh like at a pier and then Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah talk to each other for a while about what they're going to do cuz she's like, "Well, I can never come back cuz all these fuckers know about me." Yep. And Tom Hanks is like, "Okay, well, I'll come with you because I'm safe in the water with you." Yeah. Does never explained again. Yeah. And then uh, and she's like, sure, but you'll never be able to come back. Again, poorly explained. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he just goes, ooh, ooh, um, mm. <laughs> uh, As, like, the Coast Guard is, like, flying around in a helicopter, there's a fucking troop truck that shows up, and, like, people are running towards them, and he's like, ooh, nah, probably not. Yeah. And then, so she leaves, and then he's like, now wait, I'll come. And then they fight a bunch of divers. Yes. Uh, in just the worst fucking scene I've seen. It was, uh, yeah. Just terrible. Also, neither Daryl Hannah nor Tom Hanks or may, possibly their stunt doubles, I don't know what their budget was, um, know how to jump into water? See, I wrote in my notes, belly flop. Right? Yeah, in it's all just caps, bad. With a bunch then, of exclamation points, yeah. The, the the as the credits begin to roll, they're they're swimming through the water together, just the two of them uh, together at last. And then the final fucking shot of this flick, Luke Patrick, is an underwater city that has never been mentioned 
will never be mentioned, and it blew my fucking mind. Can I can I confess something to you? Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't make it to that point. You didn't make it to the underwater city? No, I still have the rental for a few days. I made it see, here's my problem is that I waited two to three minutes, I think, into this ending credit scene, which is exactly as you've described. It is the harshest cut imaginable to them mm-hmm. just swimming. So I figured this is an artsy, we didn't have the time to finish this movie ending, so this is it. <laughs> so I gave up and went and got a sandwich. Nope, it shows uh, a poorly drawn, low-res, glowing, underwater ocean city. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Hey, do, do they shed any light on why Tom Hanks can, A, we didn't mention this, suddenly swim? Because that's the thing that he says repeatedly oh, in this yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, no, he says throughout the movie he can't swim. Uh, yeah. No, it's never explained. And uh, I forgot my B. Oh, why can he breathe? So just no explanation for why he can suddenly I, swim and breathe underwater? I wonder if maybe it's like sort of an area of effect that she's got. Like maybe she's got an aura. Yeah. Of like if you're near me and I love you and we've like fucked a few times. Yeah. Uh, you can breathe while you're underwater. I guess they do kind of imply that because when they're kids, that is essentially what she's saying is what happened is that she. Yeah. She was like, no, all the 20 years ago when we saw each other, you were safe in the water. And he was like, oh, yeah. Like that made sense. Yeah. I feel like I've been through something. Do we talk about that? The part at the beginning where they're kids and she saves him when he falls out and he's this weird emotionless kid. We talked about that, right? Oh, uh, a little. Yeah. I mean, it is definitely the fact that um, Alan Bauer is an emotionless serial killer. Mm. Um, mm. And, and this is something that I frankly, Luke, I need to talk to you about. Okay. So, okay, how about this? So, I do want to talk about how to fix this film. But I also have, I have an idea for it that's related to that. So, I don't know. Do you want to, you want to pick a, you want to pick a thing? Pick a thing and go for it? Because the thing I want to pitch to you, baby, it is, it is solid gold. And it would make, it would make Touchstone a whole lot of money. Go for it. Are you sure? Yeah, do it. Because I want to talk about your thing at some point. I hey yeah, no I I want to hear this. You've, okay. you've got me hook line and sinker. So, this starts with with my favorite person in this movie, which is undoubtedly Eugene Levy. Just oh, yeah. fucking bringing it for everything. I also don't feel like they gave Daryl Hannah enough of a cut to really, to no, really shine this really movie. No, they really mistreated her. Yeah, which is, you know, doesn't doesn't pass, pass the Bechdel test. This movie has one woman in it. It is, you know. Who for a large part of it can't speak yeah so not yep. great that's a good point um yeah so my my idea for this movie and it stems from the way that he has portrayed this doctor is that i kind of think that they should have shortly after this film recast seinfeld oh is what i'm bringing to you because young tom hanks especially early in this movie when he's at the factory and he's like mm-hmm. in his building talking about things is really bringing that delivery he does. Right? Oh my God, Luke Patrick. He's like, these cherries are slimy. Oh my God, the fucking Mr. McCullough's slimy cherries. Yes, man. Holy shit. It's perfect. And then Eugene Levy at several points. Okay, so like every time he falls into a hole, which happens a distressing amount of times in this movie, yes. he screams the line of the week I'm having. Yes. My headphones oh. came off. But yeah, it's, it is like pitch perfect Jason Alexander. Oh yeah. No. Absolutely. So they should have they should have done Seinfeld then and there. Yeah, because that's always the complaint with Seinfeld, right? Is the 
you know, it's it's a brilliant and amazing show, but also like Seinfeld's not an actor. Who could we get in to replace him? I, I think it would have to be Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, circa yes. early '90s, would have would have done it super well. Oh God! I don't know who we cast in the rest of these roles, judging from this movie, um, Ooh, especially yeah, that's considering a real mystery. Yeah, we've only got one woman to to work with, and uh, you know yeah. she's she's great, but I don't think she's she's a, a good they've, fit. They've for... not given her enough to work with to really see if she would fit with the ensemble. That's true. We haven't seen a really great audition here. I I love it. I do think we should totally cast the taxi cab driver who did deliver another one of my laughs when the, the National Guard rolls up and he says, beat it, Gomer, I'm waiting for a fare. Yes. That did make me laugh really hard. I think he's a great Kramer. I think we just sign him on the spot. Oh, yeah. And and we found our Newman, too. And it's one of the guys helping Dr. Kornbluth, who does say early on in the film, oh, fuck, where was it? I wrote it down. Let's pee down the air hose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good fuck. Let's drown this man. Yes. <laughs> Which ostensibly they did, and we never dive into, pun intended. Yeah, never. Oh, fuck. Like, we just a, a quick recap of the incredible bit players. There's, uh, there's Fat Jack. There's the taxi cab driver. There's the guy who I think is nameless, but did want to pee down Eugene Levy's air hose. Yeah. There's uh, Tom Hanks' secretary, Mrs. Stimler. Yeah, who something I did spend like that. the whole movie thinking was Mrs. Himmler, <laughs> um, and then because she was fucking great because she's terrible at her job and I can't figure out how she got it. And then there's there's Weber the park ranger who is in this movie almost zero seconds. Yeah, and he's just talking about the Statue of Liberty in the thickest New York accent you've ever fucking heard. And then when he does see uh, Daryl Hannah's naked ass on liberty island he does yell bocce balls <laughs> and it's fucking spectacular and he's never seen again and i'm so sad about it i forgot about that yeah i forgot about the grown man screaming bocce balls bocce balls Fuck, it's it so was good. fucking he fucking sells it he does oh, it's good man it is it is genuinely like I mean, I guess it makes sense. This was a big, a big production, and they had all of these sort of bit part players come in, and they they gave it, man. Yeah, they did. They oh, really the gave it. Oh, the saleswoman at Bloomingdale's again, mm-hmm. just wonderful. But uh, if if you don't mind, Luke, I do I do need to talk to you about something. Yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear what you got. What you got going um, on? And and I, oh, also, sorry, another great bit player, Crazy Eddie. Oh yeah, well, Crazy yeah, Eddie's Crazy a real Eddie. guy. What? He's a real dude. I You're found fucking out. kidding me. Yeah, it is. It is in no way did I know this before this film. But while while you're sort of describing what else you've got going on, let me let me double check that because I believe it was noted in uh, in the trivia on IMDb huh. that he's he's a real a real human. Okay, so um, I want to talk to you about it here, but I I kind of need you to come away from those those other prying eyes, okay? Okay. Um, and, yeah. and I need you to come on over, come on over here to the okay. conspiracy corner. Okay. okay. Oh yeah. Just yeah. Right, right over here to the conspiracy corner. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I do want to tell you about can, how Alan Bauer and, uh, I'm sorry. Can I just say that I'm, I'm a little scared. Is that normal? Oh yeah. Is no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's, okay. It, hey, everything, everything's cool in the conspiracy okay. corner. I trust you. Alan Bauer is Tom Hanks. Hmm. Um, because let, let me let me break it down for you, Luke. Alan Bauer has no emotion 
uh, whatsoever. He's perfect at faking emotion, but he does not actually experience them himself. And who better to what what better uh, uh, vocation could someone like that pick than acting? And what I'm telling you now is that Tom Hanks, America's dad, I think, is what we call it. <laughs> Sure. Does not experience human emotion and is in fact just faking it and has been doing so this whole time. He is in fact a serial killer and you can see him hunting in this flick where he's looking for people who are in love in a bar so he can kill them. Sam. Uh, and Sam. Not, <laughs> oh. not, not only that, but both Alan Bauer and Tom uh, Hanks yep. are scalies. Okay, um, ex- ex- explain. I had to do a little research on this. It's a furry, but you prefer things with scales. Okay. And what I'm saying is that both Alan Bauer and Tom Hanks fuck fish. Uh, you see repeatedly throughout this film that Alan Bauer has fish in his office, at his home, he fucking loves fish because he wants to fuck them. That's true, and, I guess. And hey, have you ever seen Tom Hanks and a fish in the same room? Mm. Well, you know, you've brought some information. Let me just be, let me make sure I have this right. So the theory, your theory, your mm-hmm. totally legitimate theory. Yes. Is that Alan Bauer is Tom Hanks or that Tom yes. Hanks is Alan? Okay. okay. They, are the, they are one in the same. So, so when Tom Hanks auditioned for this role. Oh, he didn't. Okay. They just saw him and said, oh, we got to tell this story. Yeah. Okay. And then they cast all the other people around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like John Candy, they said, hey, like we got this guy. He sells slimy cherries. He's fucking hilarious. He should be the next Seinfeld. He he does fuck fish and he is a serial killer. Okay. See that it's you know what actually I I will I will say yes to this every part of yeah. it except the serial killer part I'm still struggling nope. with can you can you help nope. me sort of get that part okay sure so um let's see you see uh I did write it down somewhere so you do see that uh they go to the bar mm-hmm. yeah and I'm, yeah and Alan Alan Bauer slash Tom Hanks is drunk in the bar so he's gotten sloppy we all know he's gotten sloppy all right. Yeah. Yeah. He's not up to his typical sort of murder ways. And because he does not feel love, he does not feel human emotion. He wants to find people who are in the throes of love, who who really fucking are feeling it, so that he can take that away from them and hoping oh. to maybe absorb it mm. so that he can one day feel those feelings. Okay. And so he goes to a young couple and he says, you two are in love, right? And uh, And they say, uh, this is our first date, and he said, "I know something about this. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. it, Luke Patrick." He says, "I know something about people in love because he's murdered so many of them." You know, this is—I I wasn't with you until you explained it, and I appreciate you taking time to to sort of bring me up to speed. I—I uh, I see your point, and in fact, yeah. it is—I did make a note of it at the time that it is very much an mo type vibe. Yeah. To, to sort of how he's going through life at this early stage of the movie and seeing people in love. And his reaction to it is quite slobbering. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, he's he's not as smooth as he is normally. Yeah. Because he's drunk. But mm. otherwise, this man has done this before and he will do it again. People hear me now. Tom Hanks, America's dead, I think. <laughs> or uncle or something. <laughs> something. Is a serial killer <laughs> who does want to fuck fish. He is a scaly. Hear me now and hear me loud. <laughs> But also not too loud. Yeah, hear me, hear me quiet, right? Hear me quiet. We are, we are, in, yeah, in the conspiracy corners. So, yeah, you know, don't don't get too loud with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now, yeah, yeah, we can leave the conspiracy corner now. Yeah, that was that was a good little pit stop into yeah. your your rat's nest of used newspaper and and random <laughs> shots, random and, shots and from Splash Mountain. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah, man. It was it was something this movie. Can I pitch you something? Yeah. Cuz I know you're you're out west. Yeah, this is a safe space. So you're, you know, you're kind of with those Hollywood types. You know, I think I think you kind of know the movers and shakers out in out in Hollywood, yeah, right? I think most people would say that Colorado and California are basically at least in the same neighborhood, yeah. Look, you're closer than I am. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. That's fair. I I want to pitch you something that that I think America needs right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it is it a fucking splash sequel? Luke, twenty twenty. Yeah, man. It's a it's a challenging year. Yeah, man. We're all having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Pandemic, murder hornets. Apparently, a second pandemic around the corner. It's all pretty fucking bad. The Trump administration. It's wretched. Yeah. So we need something to to really bring people's spirits up and what more than what the people have been clamoring for since 1984 mm-hmm. and that is splash two nice yeah man uh, give them what they want okay and so we we've talked about kind of the the weak points of this movie right yeah uh that that it's not fleshed out the mythos of of mermaid culture that daryl hannah has really had nothing done with her character and she's kind of just a mystery if she even has anything to her at all and then there's this whole bit of uh tom hanks somehow you know uh being safe around her so i've got for you splash two the in-laws it's meet the parents (laughs) meets the shape of water yes Holy shit, I'm here for this. Give me give me that pitch. You still get the fish out of water story, but now it's the human in in the water cuz Tom Hanks is having yes. to adjust to mermaid culture. You get to see yes. the city, you figure out the mermaid mythos. You meet Daryl Hannah's parents. It will be so good. He can never return to his home, but he's got to make a new one with these folks. <laughs> and frankly, I think you still get Dr. Cornbluth in there to uh, to try to suss out the mysteries of this new underwater land. Nice. I mean, trying his... to trying to expose it to the world, not learning from his mistakes before. And maybe the CIA show up. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Yeah, I love it. I love every part of this. I want to hear what you're thinking for casting here, because we've got. Well, do you think? See, I mean, this is the thing, right? It's 2020. Mm-hmm. Gender norms, we we don't have to stick to, to to okay. get the to get the budget we need to make this sure. happen. Who who do you cast sort of as the family here for? Okay, because we Darryl do have Hannah. to stick with 
Tom and Hannah, uh, sorry, Tom and Daryl and Eugene Levy. They they all have to come back. Yeah, obviously. Okay, but are we? So we're not recasting. You want exactly them? Do we want? I want them. Do we want to yes. pretend that there's been this weird lapse? Maybe they no. moved to Spain for thirty years, and he's just now meeting Luke. Not even a little. Okay. It it, it uh, starts up exactly where Splash One left off. Yeah. Final form. Hanks. Current. Yeah. Daryl. We're, Hannah. We're just gonna ignore that they're at all different. Eugene Levy with thirty percent more eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Fresh off of Shit's Creek. Let's do it, man. Okay. So um, let's see. We need. Uh, Daryl Hannah's parents. Ooh, fuck. Um, hmm. Ooh, you got you got anyone off the top of that dome? See, I did think that she has quite a a remarkable resemblance with the hair in this movie to um, mm-hmm. the woman whose name I do not remember that played Xena Warrior Princess. Oh, uh, Lucy Lawless. Lucy Lawless. Yes. Fucking gold. I love Fucking, it. She's in such a good name too. I can't believe I forgot it. I should. I'm gonna go oh, flog so myself. Good. Yeah, I think she she needs to be in it. And I kind of want to, you know, if we're going for like a, I say let's do like a little bit of meet the Fockers as well. Mm-hmm. Like let's let's get sort of a, a fun element up in here. So maybe a, uh, a a Gwyneth Paltrow, but just Gwyneth Paltrow, not Ooh. not playing a character, just I, like current everything that's happening with her, goof okay. level Gwyneth Paltrow. Interesting. That's a different take on. Okay. Yeah, because you yeah. see what you know. What now I'm on a chair because what this movie is missing is any real substance, right? Like we. Yes. Because the other thing I wanted to see, and this is true of any sort of like Disney Disney movie, like you want to see thirty years later when like the novelty of the tale is worn off. I was really eager to see her learn to be this jaded. I've seen everything before. Seventy mm, year old yes. New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, just telling people in Starbucks, like, I used to be a mermaid. And everyone's like, ah, who fucking cares? Or whatever. Luke, I'm I'm wrapped. This is great. Yeah. So I like this idea instead of, you know, with, the, with the, the the script that you've written, we do this underwater instead. And so we got to get some, some turmoil going. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, what the other mother is pitching crystals and uh, vaginal okay. stones, which is oh, confusing yeah. because... Maybe you know. maybe gill stones. Gill stones, yeah. And then yeah. you know, watching Tom Hanks sort of try to parse mm-hmm. all of this new information, including the new underwater city, but also this uh, goop. I was trying to yes. think of a pun for that. I got nothing. Okay, so I, I found... I've got I've got an idea for Daryl Hannah's brother. Okay, you know she's got one. Yeah, it's a young upstart. I'm not sure you've heard of him, Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I just think uh, you you bring him back in the Hamilton garb for some reason. Okay. And but he's got a fishtail now, and it's just he's her brother. M- maybe he's an artist. I don't know. Maybe mm. he maybe he does something else. But I just think like he could be like, well, I never fucking left Mertopia. Oh, okay. Or whatever the fucking place is, and like maybe the parents like him a little more. I got gotcha. you. Maybe. Maybe he's kind of the golden child because he didn't leave and yeah. bring this nasty, dry human home. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. He didn't I bring think. home a Hanks. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, maybe, maybe bring in like a, like a Nick Offerman as like a grumpy uncle mm. or or neighbor. Yeah, I dig it. 
I yeah. I do think the the Hamilton garb is a bit of a cash grab. It feels like sort of a cross cross promotional piece right now with with the mouse, and I love sure. it. Sure, I'm so sure, here for yeah. it. That's what look, we're all about look, with this sequel. Mickey's Mickey's all about the synergy. Yeah, um, and, and this is a cash grab for sure. That's this why is... you find out that um, the the uh, president of Mertopia is Boba Fett. <laughs> And Baby Yoda is the dog. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Again, that's what we're about here at Touchstone. We we make the money, and uh, fuck it if we aren't going to make another another yeah. sixty million off of this. Hey, commit to the bit. You got to do the synergy. Yeah. Um. Well, that about that about does it. Do you any any other sort of things looking through your notes or your your own brain or your own heart that sort of jumped out at you oh. about Splash Mountain? Did you all? You know, we didn't talk about this. What'd you what'd you think, man? I mean, okay, so I thought the opening pretty good. The middle bit, god awful. Yeah. I like I got up to pee halfway through this flick and thought I was at least three quarters of the way through it. Sure. And was very upset to find out that I was only halfway. Yeah. Um, there is a weird lengthy bit where Tom Hanks talks about how they have to get a blood test to get married. And I don't know if that was a real fucking thing or not, but that sounded buck wild. I was going to ask you about that because that did also strike me as odd and it never came up during my own process. Yeah, I I don't fuck. I've never heard of this before. I wondered if it was a because we did have to tick a box that says to the best of our knowledge, which I thought was quite funny. We aren't cousins. Oh. Or related in any way? Did you guys have that in Arkansas as well? No, we didn't. Well, that's a yeah, mm. yeah. You know, tread carefully now. You know, yeah. I did think it was odd, and then he says we're going to go to Maryland because they don't need a blood test. Which, if that's the reason, is also <laughs> pretty, pretty good. It's pretty fucking good. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, there was the bit of John Candy, uh, a pervert in this movie, maybe in real life. We'll never know. Yeah. Um, smoking and drinking beer while playing racquetball. I thought that was pretty great. The eighties, man. I mean, this is what the nanny state gets you, right? It's not being yep. able to pound old Milwaukee and smoke <laughs> a bunch of old golds while you play racquetball. Yeah. But yeah, and then the end was honestly pretty fucking baffling. It did not go in the direction I thought it was gonna go, and I don't know if that was good or bad. Yeah, I think it's I think it's neither. It appears that they were I, I can give you a little bit of information about this film. Okay. So they, they were apparently were in competition with another mermaid movie coming Are you out. Fucking kidding me. Yeah. Um and a possible actor's strike delayed progress. So essentially my, my suspicion is that this was in fact quite a rushed ending. It felt like it because the cuts yeah. got real shitty real fast and i would be very curious to know if if this if there were a, other versions of this film what the ending was supposed to be for for this because it does you did point out there's a very funny moment where she's like you can come with me and i didn't hear exactly what he said but mr hank says something to the effect of nah yeah nah yeah he's like mm. yeah yeah. <laughs> all my stuff's here and you know that's yeah that's far um, my pervert brother yeah he's around it's pretty wild it's it's wild so that that could explain some of the the abruptness um 
man, that was that was that was a hell of a way to start this. It really was. Yeah. Uh, and I I believe I just did some looking. I believe next week is uh is also 1984's Bachelor Party. Oh, nice. Nice. So, so I I have no we, to to my knowledge neither of us has seen a trailer for this film. No, I I've, I've got nothing. Um yeah, can you do you do you want to sort of take a stab? We'll both take a stab at what we think is going to happen in this next sure. this next flick. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe like a like something akin to like a hangover. Mm. More racist, but maybe less ribald. Yeah. You think less ribald? I think so. Yeah. I I don't think it's going to get quite as raunchy as as the hangover got, but I do think it's going to be more racially insensitive. Okay. Which is kind of saying a lot, honestly. You know, I would argue with it, but I feel like I expected a a more PC experience this time around, given that this is a PG movie from Disney, and I was uh, Mm -hmm. woefully incorrect so i i'm not gonna fight you on that one but i will say what i'm anticipating from bachelor party is a sort of crying game-esque uh oscar bait movie where tom oh. hanks because uh, you know that's what we know him for right is yes. this like big productions huge drama <laughs> in this movie i will say the acting was a little melodramatic at times i think this mm-hmm. is where bachelor party is where he's really going to turn and uh give yes. us that uh that deep meaty progressive role um that's gonna luke i i hope to fuck your role <laughs> i won't be <laughs> I, won't. I, I need but, you to be right i need 1984's bachelor party in yeah. which fucking tom hanks plays rick gasco is like oscar worthy yeah i mean he's probably just drinking kegs out of buttholes if i'm honest but i mean yeah <laughs> but we'll maybe see. maybe he does it with a plum yeah well, hell yeah, man! This is this is our first episode. We'll be hitting yeah. bachelor party apparently next week. Yeah, well, well, I've booked us for it apparently. So, yeah, sorry about that. It's all good, man. I'm gonna close this out with a quote from the movie. How's that hit you? Oh, go for it! Yeah, my favorite quote, which is, "I'm not a fish." <laughs> <laughs> he screamed from the tub of a CIA black site. I'm not oh, a fish. So good. Yep. Ah. All right. Well, let's stop her there. All righty. See you, bud.